Welcome to Trading in the Zen. This week, we talk to Louis Crompton. Louis is only in his early 30s, but has been trading for the last nine years. After getting his education with Robert Kiyosaki, Louis spent a lot of time working on his strategy and then settled on trading Forex. These days, Louis has a lot of business ventures and also a mentoring practice. Let's get going. Hello, everyone, and we're going to welcome Louis to the show today. Hi, Louis. Hello there. Nice to see you. Well, hear you. Yeah, nice to hear you as well. Today, uh, Louise is not going to be with us. She's a little bit under the weather, but I'm going to soldier on on my own. So, Louis, welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about yourself. So, my name is Louis. Uh, as you can probably tell from my accent, this isn't a <laughs> fake accent, this is real. Um, I'm based in the UK. I live in London. I am 33 years old. I have been trading financial markets now for over nine years. Um, my background was originally retail, so I was working on the shop floor, and then I worked my way up into head office, discovered investing, discovered trading, and the rest is history. Yeah, that's usually a different path for people because I'm an actress. <laughs> oh, wow. And one day someone told me I was going to be a good trader, and I said, well, but I'm afraid of numbers. And they said, well, you know what? You're visual. Yeah. Um, and so I, I decided to give it a shot. And once you try it, you know, it's like Pringles. Yeah, once yeah. You, once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah. So, um, Louis, tell our um, listeners, what is it that you trade? What is your specialty? Do you have something you prefer over the other? Yeah, so my my specialty and focus, what I trade the most of is probably the Forex markets. That's probably where I spend most of my time. Um, I say time. Um, I'm a swing trader with a very refined strategy and set of criteria. So I only actually trade for about 30 minutes per day um, in order to get the results that I get. And then I spend kind of the rest of my day doing things I enjoy. So I teach other people how to trade and that type of thing. So I have a skill set which allows me to trade all financial markets. So I do trade stocks. I do trade um, commodities as well, like gold, silver and oil. I know you're an oil trader, mm -hmm. uh, but I do spend most of my time when I'm trading, trading Forex pairs. So why Forex over everything else? For me, it's partly just because that's what I originally learned, but also the the volume within the market for forex is so high that you get good patterns you get good movement within the market and i don't agree that forex markets are volatile i just think they have a lot of volume if you want a volatile market then just head on over to crypto and you'll see what a truly volatile market is um but yes for me forex is is actually fairly steady and fairly predictable as well so i quite like that predictability. I quite like that volume in the market as well because it creates the type of patterns that I'm looking for because I'm, I'm primarily a pattern-based trader. Yeah, if you want volatility, try crude oil today especially. <laughs> it's having, she's having a good day. Uh, so is there a particular pair you prefer over other pairs? No, not at all. So I, I trade about 30 different markets um, each day. Again, I'm At the same time? Uh, no, no, no. So I'm a swing trader. So I don't try. I'm not in all of them at the oh, same wow. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do. I do analysis across each of them. But because mm -hmm. my because my strategy, which I've kind of developed and worked on, I say strategy. I trade about five different strategies. But because of those strategies and having traded them for a long time, I know exactly what my core components are for those strategies. So when I say I trade 30 markets a day, what I really mean is I look at 30 markets 
I look at what my core criteria is for each of the strategies. And if I don't see that straight away, which takes me two seconds, then I just move on to the next market. So that way I can work through those markets fairly quickly because if they don't have what I'm looking for, I just move on. Mm -hmm. Because you're looking for a specific setup. And if it's not appearing in one pair, are you going to move on to the next one? Because for a minute there, you scared me because I want want your attention span of 30 pairs at the same time because I can barely keep up with oil. But Yeah, I could not do that. When I was day trading, I maximum I would look at is two or three. Mm -hmm. Um, But but then I kind of settled into just trading the DAX, so the German index. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was enough for me to trade just that. There was enough going on at that time frame on that one market for me to keep my attention on on just that. But I'm slightly ADHD, I think. So day trading didn't work for me because I got distracted by everything else going on in life very, very easily. So I, I I learned very quickly that it wasn't a good fit for me, but swing trading was perfect for me. Well, that's why, you know, I have an ADHD as well. And that's why my targets are very close because, because, you know, there's like a, a fly flies by or, you know, a bird or, you know, it's, it's very easy for me to, (laughs) to go off on a tangent. But um, when you were learning how to trade, right. Was there a piece of advice that you got that was like, Oh, wow. I, um, kind of opened up your mind? Is there like anything that you heard or someone taught you that till this day rings true? Yes. And I think it's it's something which when I first heard it, I I didn't understand and I disagreed with. And I thought, if this is, if you're so good, why would you behave that way as a trader? Mm. Until I started trading. And then I realized how true the statement was. So it definitely still rings true for me. And it's what I, I teach people that I teach as well as a as the foundation. So I um, I actually started my trading journey like I said nine years ago um, and I was taught by Robert Kiyosaki so Rich Dad Poor Dad um, oh, wow. that organization um, and then they actually asked me to come back and teach for them um, a year or so later after I'd made a success of it myself which was really fun really really fun while I kind of traveled I did a bit of that as well but I remember sitting in that first ever Rich Dad seminar and the the guy at the front of the room who later became my mentor who later became a very good friend of mine he said as a trader, you should only be risking 1% of your account per trade. And I remember being sat in the front row and thinking, if you're such a good trader, why would you only risk 1% of your account? That seems like utter lunacy to me because oh. you could make so much more money. Um, what I didn't realize is that as a trader, you don't win 100% of the time. No, so, I mean, if you win like 57% of the time, you're that's doing good. really well. Exactly. Yeah. That's really, as long as you've got decent risk reward, which I'm sure, I'm sure we both are. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, so they said that and I was like, I don't, I don't understand why if you're, if you're such a good trader, why you wouldn't be risking more. And then they explained it to me because I actually asked that question. I was that person back in my youth when I was arrogant and thought I knew everything. Um, now I realize I know very little about life, but anyway, um, I, and I said to, I said to them, why? why is it that you trade so low a percentage? And they explained to me that random distribution plays a role within your trading. So you may have a strategy which you've tested. I've tested all of my strategies with significant data for somewhere between three years and and actually 20 years, depending on the strategy. Mm -hmm. So I know that they work, but I also know that they don't work every single trade. So we don't have the 100% winning strategy. But out of, say, 100 trades, let's let's say we have a 60% winning strategy. Out of those 100 trades, that means I have 60 winners. 
but then I also have 40 losers, which makes my 100 trades. Fairly standard results and still profitable if you've got good risk to reward in there. Mm-hmm. But you don't know when those losers are going to come. It's not like you get your, you're you going to get 60 winners straight away and then you're going to get that, those 40 losers. So if you end up having a bank of losers straight off the bat, then you're going to be in a, in a negative position, which is going to feel very, very uncomfortable if you're risking more than 1%. So five losers in a row, which happens, would be 5% loss. But if you're risking 2%, that's 10% of your account lost. If you're risking 5%, as I've seen people online, these mm. online gurus and things recommend oh. people trade with, then you've lost a quarter, 25% of your account, which is just insanity. So yeah, that's something which really, really struck me and then resonated with me when I um, uh, when I do that. Yes, I, teach, I, I mentor I people that, as yeah. well. And I explain to them that a string of losses will happen. Yeah. And if you don't control them, think about how long it would take you just to get back to break even. Yeah. And then, and that's to, if you account for the fact that you may not have five wins in a row, right? So you're digging such a hole. And as a futures trader, we trade against margin. And yeah. then you have nothing to trade. Yeah. You know, so you may not have a chance to dig out if you don't control your losses. And if you don't let your winners run mathematically, coming back is going to be very, very difficult. Because if you if you go one to one, right, your win ratio has to be really high. Yeah, you has to be it has to be super high. So those three to ones allow you room. And I am a firm believer that your losses should not exceed your one day's profit. Yeah. Right. So you have to kind of mathematically play the numbers and I can't stress it enough to people and people like, but, you know, big words, big reward, big rewards. I mean, big um, risk, big rewards. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, but also big losses and also no money to trade. So I totally agree with you. So what do you feel about the mindset? How much of it do you think it plays into success in trading? Do you spend time on your mindset? What do you teach your students? Um, yes, mindset is insanely important. And I think uh, for me personally, I'm, I mean, I've definitely, um, uh, in terms of my own personal mindset, and mental health stuff, had better months and worse months and mm-hmm. had months where I've got a lot going on in my life or struggling with anxiety or whatever and things like that. So mindset is really, really important to, to help get through. So we do, we do spend time talking about it with our students. And um, one of the, one of the, best things I think people can do for their mindset is bring real clarity to your trading. Mm -hmm. Because if you get to the point where your trading process is really, really clear, your strategy criteria are really, really clear. And you have a literal, and I make my students do this if they're, they're struggling, I will make them have a literal checklist, which they have printed out on their desk, which before they enter any trade, that trade has to have ticks across all of the criteria to make sure that it's actually being met. So it is definitely something that we talk about a lot um, and help people through. Um, and part of that for me is really about making sure you're super clear on what your your strategy criteria are. You're definitely speaking my language because I talk, talk about checklist all the time. Yeah, And I also um, talk about physical tells, right? Before you go on a tilt, your body will start telling you that your emotions are hijacking your reason. 
yeah. you know, and you have to kind of maybe journal and find out what those are because I know what they are for me. I clench my jaw. I, yeah. I shake my foot. I get very close to the computer as if I can't see, you know, I, so you start to see where your body is starting to tell you that your brain is starting to move into that triggered state. Yeah. Um, and there are techniques to get out of it, but you know, physical activity, cold showers or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's definitely part of the conversation. Do you have like a routine, like a, let's say a morning routine before you trade, like an athlete prepares, like do you warm up somehow? Um, I don't think I do anymore. I mean, I do have a morning routine, but I wouldn't say it's specifically focused around trading. Mm. My tr my morning routine in general is get up, make coffee immediately. <laughs> um, Open your have, parachute. I like it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, making sure that I am um, caffeinated and awake. <laughs> uh, so I when I've in the past, I've noticed if I if I trade and I've not woken up properly, I make silly mistakes. So I give myself that little bit extra time to wake up. And it seems like the older I get, the longer I happen to uh, need to fully wake up in the morning. So I like to go for a morning walk. I spend about 30 minutes to 45 minutes going for a walk, and then I'll come home, I'll go to my office, and I will um, start my trading process at that point. So do you work from home? Yes. So in my garden, at the bottom of my garden, I've um, got a nice little garden office, which is like my trading den. Mm. Do you treat it as if you're going to the office? Because I've heard a lot of people and I've started doing this as well. You know, like when you roll out of bed and you just sit in front of the computer, you're kind of sluggish, you're in your PJs. And um, I think you trade that way too then because you're sort of in that sluggish, weird state. But I've like started getting up. I go to the gym. Uh, and then I come back and I get dressed as if I was going to work. And yeah. there's something about that professional approach that makes me act like a professional. Completely. What are your thoughts on that? I 100% I, I agree. It's, it's all these little triggers which you can use in your brain to put you into a particular headspace. And I've I've noticed that when I don't do that, I mean, I'm, I, I spent a lot of lockdown due to COVID wearing um like jogging bottoms um and uh I, i'm still not fully out the habit of it but partly i'm not fully out the habit of it because i put on a few pounds during covid so they're the only thing that fit me now compared to my my smart trousers <laughs> so I've, I've gotten out of that habit but one thing that i find really helps as well when i really need to focus um and i've heard this on on uh, like books i've been reading and, and other podcasts about high performance and things i listen to but when i put my headphones on it puts me into a zone and mm. even if I'm not listening to music, I'll still put my headphones on and it puts me into that space mentally of, right, time for me to focus. Do you listen to like brainwave music? You know, those things like I think it's an alpha wave that helps you learn or you just prefer silence? Um, it depends what my task is. I quite like a bit of drum and bass, to be honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that that works really well for me for certain times. Like if I've just got to get through a lot of work, um, uh, or I'm creating something for my students or that type of thing. But if I really need to focus, then I need silence, as much silence as possible. I, I find that really helps me um, think better. Um, so within my own trading, I tend to either have fairly chilled out music or I have nothing. Mm. Um, but one of, one of the guys who I've, I've worked with in the past from a trading perspective, he 
loves to trade listening to heavy metal screamo music that wow. that gets him and that helps him focus we're all different aren't we and it's, it's a case of finding what works for you and and what helps you do your best with whatever you're doing that would make me falsely optimistic. You know, like when you go yeah. to the gym and you feel like you can lift far more yeah. than, than you actually can. I feel like I would be injured, so to speak, all the yeah. time. Yeah. But um, how do you handle a string of losses? Because you know that happens to us, right? Yeah. And there's a couple of days that are not going your way. And because we're, it's such a solitary environment for us now, right? There's nobody... You don't come to the office and people give you a pep talk and, you know, yeah. you hit the showers type of thing. You know, how yeah. do you handle a string of losses and how do you come back to every day as if it's a whole new day, not bringing the day before with yeah. you? Yeah, I think it's a really tough process for a lot of people. One thing mm -hmm. that helps me now is it's, it's easier for me now when that happens because trading is no longer my sole income like it mm -hmm. used to be when I when I first kind of left my job and got into trading full time. So I now have property investments and I have business and all of that sort of stuff, all because of trading. But because I have those additional income streams, trading has less pressure on it, which funnily enough makes me a better trader. Mm -hmm. And when I have a string of losers, it's upsetting, but it's not the thing which is putting food on my table. So I don't have to worry about it in quite the same way. And one thing I do, though, is I will look at my historical data, my backtesting data that I've created about that strategy. And I'll, I'll compare it to my real data based on how I've been trading that strategy live for X number of years. And I'll see if there's a massive difference. And often there isn't that big a difference. And I'll look at what the worst case scenario has been before, what the worst case scenario has been in the testing. And I'll remind myself that this is just part of that process. Uh -huh. And then I will do my best to come back to my charts. I won't revenge trade. So if I'm having a particularly bad day and I'm angry at the market, I will just walk away. I won't trade that day because uh -huh. you're not in a good headspace to do it. Right. And, you know, there are times when we wake up and you're just not in your peak state. Don't trade. There's no rule that says you need to do this today, yeah. you know, so you have to know thyself. And if you're yeah. not in, in a peak performance state when you get there, how can you perform well when your baseline is already compromised? Exactly. Exactly. You know? I think that's particularly true of day traders mm -hmm. because you have to be on it for so much longer. For me as yeah. a swing trader, and my process is only 30 minutes, I can fake it better for 30 minutes. I couldn't fake it for a whole a whole morning, a whole session, a whole day. Mm -hmm. um, so, but even, even with that 30 minutes, there is points where I may be like, no, actually this is not a good day for me to trade. <laughs> yeah, I think we forget that not trading is also trading. You know, yeah. it's like a, it's it's a decision to not risk your capital if you don't feel well. Yeah. And you brought up a really good point. And I always tell people when they first start, if this is your last dollar, do not trade. Yeah, because 100%. you trade so poorly. It, when you come in to make money is is just the worst mindset ever. Yeah. And that pressure, because trading is already so stressful. Um, you add another layer of pressure having to make money. And it will have pretty, you know, poor results. But as you say, when you diversify and you sort of shift your focus from like, I must do this. And you come in with this like tight grip on something, yeah. you relax into it and you, you tend to do better. And it's, it's counterintuitive, right? But, but yeah. that's what it takes. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so when um, other days where you just like would take a break for a few days to completely clear your mind if you feel super triggered or do you feel like you need to look at the markets every single day just to be in sort of the conversation? Yeah, I think it's so habitual for me to look at my charts every day. I struggle to do that. Um, mm -hmm. is in a struggle to not do that. I struggle to take a break. But I, I'm the type of person who I struggle to rest. I don't I'm, I don't do very well with sitting still. I very much struggle to relax on holiday and everything like that. So um, I am quite strict when I'm on holiday to not trade. But mm -hmm. even then, I sometimes may sneak a look at my charts because it's just so part of my process. It's so part of who I am that I, I find it inevitable. But I, I, one of my students actually asked me, can you take a break from trading? Like, is it possible to do that? I was like, yeah, of course it is. You don't have to be trading every day, every week of the year. You can take time off. Um, that's, that's human. That if you need, you need to do that. It's good to have complete detachment time from these things. So I'm, I'm learning that lesson still, and I'm mm -hmm. learning to implement that lesson of actually spending time away from my charts and from everything else that I do. Yeah, like for example, I went to Colombia uh, like two weeks ago and all I wanted to do, I'm on vacation, I'm at the sweating and there's a lot of, you know, partying and then, you know, it's festive. And yeah. here I am trying to figure out how I'm going to connect to trade and then I had to stop myself and I said, what are you doing? There's yeah. no way you're in a peak performance state, you know? Yeah. You had a few before, night before you, yeah. you, there's just no way. Yeah, I remember um, one time I was in Singapore and I was um, just traveling. I was in Singapore and I went to a bar one night and I have this strategy that I trade every month and it, I forgot about the fact that it was that date of the month and I needed to trade. <laughs> so I left the bar, I ran back to my hotel um, and I placed this trade and then I went back to the bar and carried on the night. Anyway, needless to say, Mm -hmm. placing trades when you've had a drink is probably not a good idea i'll leave it at that <laughs> you know when i first started i thought yeah, i had some like liquid courage and i would go out and then i had to trade in at night which is bizarre like why would i be trading the asian session yeah like, this is completely insane for what i'm doing yeah and my strategy was not tested and based on asian session at all yeah. uh and i would you know come in and you feel sort of invincible and i I don't think I had one winning trade. And then wow. I would look at it in the morning and, and be like, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing? But in the beginning, you know, you're like so optimistic as the market hasn't slapped you around yet. Yeah. And then you, you, you learn that maybe, just maybe that day, not good. Don't do it. Don't drunk trade. Yeah, I don't know how people, you know, like use substances and trade. I, I would. Oh would my just... goodness! I, I mean, watching Wolf of Wall Street, I was like, how are right? these people operating? But <laughs> yeah, I, mem I remember someone saying to me once when they they that movie came out, they said to me, "Oh, you must absolutely love that movie. That's what you're about." I was like, "No, that is, that is so opposite to what I'm about." And I thought it was such a depressing movie because he gets yes. to the end of it all, having made all this money, and he's got nothing of actual mm -hmm. worth. He's lost his love, two loves, two two wives he's lost. He's not involved with his kids' lives. He's got nothing of actual worth left. And I was like, that's not a, that's definitely not a lifestyle I'm trying to emulate. No, when when they go for lunch and they're doing drinking 
vodka and doing cocaine. My heart was racing. Yeah. You know, and when you trade, you're already in that kind of uh, triggered exactly. state. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I want to raise the bar on that? People say that to me all the time. You guys must do. I said, you don't understand how hard I try yeah. to be the opposite in the most zen, peaceful, relaxed state because I, I don't think I could perform no. in that insanity. And, and also, I, you know, I think a lot of there's a lot of misrepresentation out there uh, between all the gurus who started trading yesterday between yeah. all of the people who are selling courses who are in sim like yeah. if you are trading a simulated account you have no business teaching anyone absolutely no business yeah because you've never ex you don't it's not the same you have no. nothing at stake no. and if you're worried to put your money behind it how are you teaching me to put mine Exactly. Yeah. And right? people who um, people who sell these robots as well. I, oh. I've, I've mm. just constantly observed over nine years, those robots start working really, really well to begin with for some reason. And then all of a sudden they stop working and the people selling them go silent. <laughs> I was like, right, OK, here's another one. And I, again, I watched it happen the other the other month as well with somebody I know on Instagram. Just the same, same thing. And I completely agree with your point about um, simulated accounts and demo accounts. I will only let my students use a demo account for two weeks maximum because they don't need it. You need to use the demo account to get Lewis? used to the broker. So, Lewis, how do you feel about, you know, those bots that people create for trading? Yeah, so I'm definitely not a believer in them. And I think that's partly because I've been through the process of being wowed by them and aren't these fantastic and amazing. I've tried creating my own and all of that sort of stuff. And everybody who I always see online, these gurus and things like that, who are selling them or pushing them, they shout about them and talk about them for for a few weeks to a couple of months and get those people onto them. And they seem to work really well to begin with. And then all of a sudden they disappear and they stop talking about it and this thing doesn't seem to exist anymore and all i can assume is that it's stopped making money and it's cost a lot of people a lot of money and i can see why they're attractive because you can make money without doing any work and people like that it's kind of like the the skinny pill of the forex industry compared to the fitness mm -hmm. industry or the or the financial markets industry rather so i can see why it's tempting but for me that's just people being a bit lazy and, and taking a bit of a risk um, and a gamble in a way that they shouldn't. Yeah, I prefer to teach people how to yeah. fish, right? But also, I, I don't know if I could take my hands off the wheel completely and give my uh, you know, my money to something that was created by someone. I don't even know like what the criteria yeah. was or, and you know how the market's like, it's a living organism. It's ever changing. How, you know, how would it account for the news, for wars, for everything that's going on in the world? The, vo the world is so volatile. Yeah. I don't know if I could honestly say, well, here's this bot that does something i see why it's appealing right because we it is like the skinny bill you're so correct like why wouldn't i want to sit back and just you know keep checking my bank account every now and yeah. again and and get rich but if it was that simple wouldn't everyone succeed as opposed to four percent of well, people exactly exactly you know like you just if it's too good to be true I, i'm i'm reluctant to maybe i'm a skeptic but i'm just gonna go on statistics yeah. Yeah. you know if you want something for sure get a job, get a paycheck. You'll know exactly what you get at the yeah. end of the week. You know, this is not the game we yeah. play. 
Um, what do you do for work uh, life balance? What do you do for fun? What do you do to unwind? Do you have hobbies you pursue just to keep it balanced? Yeah, I'm not very good at balance. Um, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, perfect, I, um, I don't. I don't know if balance truly exists. I think you balance exists in a moment. It doesn't exist as a lifestyle, in my in my opinion, or at least in my experience. So, especially when you are like I'm. I, I love my trading. I'm good at my trading, but I only trade 30 minutes a day. So I have to do something else in my time. I would have fantastic work-life balance if I was happy to only work 30 minutes a day. However, I'm not. Um, and like you, I, I'm passionate about teaching people how to fish. So that's uh, something that I do. So I spend a lot of time working with my students, but that's a passion. So when it's a passion, mm -hmm. it's not like it's a job that I have to go to and I find it depressing and all of that sort of stuff it's a passion of mine so I do that a lot um uh and that is what end up becoming a business for me um and I do have things I enjoy outside of that I love to eat I love going to restaurants um <laughs> I I love going for walks to be honest I, I like being outside in nature and unfortunately I don't get enough of that where I live in in London in the UK so I plan to move out of London in the next few years so I can have that on my doorstep um I, I love wine tasting. I love playing squash, um, uh, which is racquetball, basically, if people don't know what squash mm -hmm. is. Um, I, I like those <laughs> kinds of things. Um, I don't love going to the gym, although I know it's good for me, but I prefer to be active within my fitness stuff, which is why I quite quite like walking, quite like running, um, and quite like playing squash. Mm -hmm. But other than that, seeing friends. But even the friends thing, the older I've gotten, the less I seem to have friends. <laughs> Which is an <laughs> yeah i think because people you know get married and have children and and their focus yeah. shifts um what's your favorite food Ooh, probably i would have to say chinese yeah really I, love it. I don't know why i thought you'd say pizza <laughs> I, I do like why. pizza but i'm definitely gluten intolerant and definitely dairy intolerant but i still will eat it very happily we can't go out to no, eat no. <laughs> because all I eat is oh, I cheese. Love it. I don't stop eating cheese. I have cheese every single day. My body hates me. <laughs> yeah, it's just one one of those things. I have. I'm willing to I'm pay willing the price. I'm willing to pay the price. I do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just feel like um, people. You you start to trade for uh, to be liberated of, of constraints of of like a normal what they call normal. Yeah. You know, work life. And then I see these people sitting in front of the computer for 20 hours yeah. a day. And it begs the question, yeah. <laughs> what the heck are you yeah. doing, A? Yeah. Uh, B, have you broken it down at per hour? Yeah. What are you actually making? Yeah. And C, are you spending all of your money on sort of uh, psychiatrists and other <laughs> professionals? Because there's no way that that's healthy. No. Uh, and it's kind of ironic. So the very thing we came to trading for outside of like f controlling our financial futures, yeah. obviously, but somehow it just takes this weird turn. Yeah. And I see a whole lot of crazy yeah. people um, <laughs> where, you know, you can't talk to them. They have, you know, all these weird rituals. They have to run around the chair three times. Um, you know, they, <laughs> they have all of these weird things they've developed um I, and i'm looking at it and, I, and i'm thinking like there's no way this is where you were going yeah. with this 
but but you lose sight of it. Um, in your opinion, how long does it take for people, to, an average person, we're not talking about it, like savants, yeah. but an average person to be successful because, you know, Instagram tells us it'll be like 30 oh, days and you're yeah. going to be also maybe even yeah. tomorrow. Like if you just click yeah. this tomorrow, yeah. you'll be my very free successful. Webinar in and your you'll opinion. you'll be a millionaire tomorrow. Yeah. Absolutely. But if you also pay me like $300 a yeah. month, for sure, yeah. you're going to be successful. Yeah. In your opinion, how long does it take? So, I mean, I do charge people to teach them, so I, I should be careful what I say. Obviously, um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm my my thing is I'm always honest with my students, and I say, look, it is a bit of a piece of string, and it it depends on you, and it depends on how much work you put in to actually learning and mastering this skill. If if you're doing it completely self taught, I think it will take you longer, um, and that's just from observing people who are self taught, and it can easily take them two years three years to actually crack it and start making some form of profit and unfortunately by that point they've lost a lot of money <laughs> and they've learned the hard uh -huh. way um i think I, I, if you have some form of support you can really really shrink that time down but i would still probably give yourself about six months um to to be able to start applying these skills correctly because it's not just a case of knowing the knowledge it's also a case of applying that knowledge correctly checking your mindset making sure your your mindset isn't affecting how you're seeing those principles which we need to be applying into the market in a particular way so i think i think six months is a, is a good time for most people if they have support yes but also um there's something you can teach someone all the all the um theories yeah. right and strategies but when you sit in front of that computer and your money is on yeah. the line all of a sudden, you start behaving completely different yeah. than what you – you don't even realize – you cannot even foresee how crazy you will behave yeah. sometimes. It's hard to tell people that you lose all yeah. control of yourself. And if you ask me that same thing before the market opened, I would give you a sober uh, analysis. But once you're in that triggered state, uh, you, you do things you never thought you would. You behave in ways – that are, are crazy, you know? So I, I think six months is, is great to just grasp the concept, concept but I it took me years. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna be honest, like four years, yeah. four to five years to be consistent, not to have a one-off, not to, but also because it took me a while to to find what I'm gonna, what you're gonna focus, focus on. Yeah. Yeah, you try so many things, and I've had formal education and and tutors, and and it's just one of those things. I think it's it's so individual, and some people get discouraged yeah. because you will fail. Like there is an art of yeah, failing, definitely. and you will fail more than you will succeed in yeah. this. And I, I'm sure it's not, you know. I, and I'm watching people and, and get so frustrated, but there's it's a journey. I, there's a reason why, like, let's say doctors take four years or whatever, yeah. eight years to get good. Yeah. Like, be kind to yourself. This is, I think it's because people sell it like an easy yeah. thing, but it's a trade. It's a, it's a business. Yeah, yeah. You know, it takes time to grow it your does. business. And people do need to treat it like a business because then you actually treat yes. it with a level of respect. And starting capital. Yeah. You're not going to go start a business with $5. No. You know, you're not going to start with a hundred, yeah. but because people tell you, oh, just put in 500 and you click a few times that 500 will be 10,000 yeah. in a month. 
That is so dangerous. dangerous. And again, the only way they're doing that is by overly leveraging and overly risking. Right. And maybe it worked for some. But statistically, statistically, how many people were done by the end of the week? Yeah. So it was such a pleasure to talk to you. And I've learned a lot. You've kind of reinforced a lot of the things that I don't think we can hear enough. And every time you hear it, you hear it differently. Um, and if people wanted to work with you, because you seem to know what you're doing, and um, if they wanted to work with you, where can they find so the you? The two best places to find me are probably Instagram and YouTube. Mm-hmm. So they both actually have the same name because Instagram's, uh, well, sorry, YouTube has introduced tags just like Instagram have handles rather. So um, mm-hmm. my name is at Lewis, L E W I S underscore crompton c-r-o-m for mike p-t-o-n for november so you can find me in both those places i do pretty much live my life on instagram so you will get a response from me (laughs) i'm gonna start following you i don't trade forex but uh but but you know we can never uh, have enough people in a community to build support for one another because you never know when you just have to reach out to someone and say i've been acting crazy for the last and someone who will actually understand (laughs) that Yes, because when I say, you know, I, I'm I'm acting crazy, uh, it's not the same crazy as people think. It just hits a different type yeah. of crazy. Well, Louis, thank, thank you so much for spending your time with us or me at this yes. today. Unfortunately, you didn't get to meet Luis, but we look forward to uh, continuing dialogue, our dialogue and, and perhaps speaking with you again. And we wish you all the best of luck on your journey. And Guys, if you're looking for some advice on Forex trading, Lewis here, it will be more than happy to, um, I guess, talk to you and, and see where that can take you. And as always, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Take care. If you would like to be a guest on the show, then please contact us at info trading in the zen at gmail.com. If you're a trader who is struggling with their psychology, then please go to www.hypnosisfortraders.co.uk. There are various trading psychology packages and programs that will transform you as a trader. For one-to-one trading strategy mentoring sessions with Fiena, please contact her below. Her details are in the description. Thank you.